morning. One of the things I've been noticing about my talks is that they all kind of have a similar theme. And the theme is a part of this idea of this awakening spirit. And as you awaken spiritually, your material life really begins to change. And one of the big changes that happens is we go from living outside of ourselves to living our lives from the inside out. And everything goes through the ringer, so to speak. Last week I talked about happiness, and we were talking about how the formula of happiness, the pursuit of happiness, right, is something outside of ourselves, inherent in that phrase, the pursuit of happiness. So not only is it outside of ourselves, but we don't have it yet, and we're pursuing it. And that's often how I feel about the prosperous life. And I am well equipped to speak about the prosperous life today because I am living it. And yet, I have a lot of people in my family and some of my friends who are very concerned about me <laughs> because they look from the filter that society has given us and they look and they go, oh, well, but you don't have this and you don't have that and what about this and you don't have any of that. And yet, I'm living the most prosperous life of my entire life. How is that possible? Well, I'll tell you how it's possible. One of the reasons why it's possible is because I took the definition of prosperity and I took the definition of the prosperous life and I took a really deep and close look at it and I realized it wasn't mine. And so I set about to really dig deep and to understand what does that mean to me? What's my prosperous life? Not what they tell me, what's mine? So I wanna encourage you to begin to really look deeply. We're gonna do a little bit of that in the workshop today. Because I find that as you spiritually awaken, it's really important to go back and look at these words. Because you know we've just uh, kind of fallen asleep to some degree to a lot of these words and a lot of these meanings and beliefs, and yet they're the very foundation of our living. So it's really important to make sure, is this my definition? Is this still what's true for me? Is that my set of values today? And if it's not, you get to change it. And suddenly happiness isn't out there, but rather it's right here. Suddenly, the prosperous life is not something you're still trying to get, but rather it's something you, you give. So let's look at the definitions, because I always like to start with definitions of what these words mean. Because here in the, in the movement, right, we throw around those words a lot, prosperity and abundance, prosperity and abundance. And in the beginning, outwardly, I was like, oh yeah, prosperity and abundance. And inside, I'm like, I don't feel this at all. I don't feel this at all. What are these guys talking about, right? So what are we talking about? So this is what Webster says. Prosperity, a successful, flourishing, or thriving condition. Good fortune. Now, nowhere in that definition is the word money, unless I missed it. A successful, flourishing, or thriving condition. Now, I can relate to that. Can you feel how different that is? And yet, we have been caught up in a formula that has basically taught, trained, and told us that prosperity is money and things. So off I went to follow the formula because I certainly want to be successful and I want to have a prosperous life. So I set out to get money and get things. And guess what happened? I got exhausted. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate to that. It's like, when is it going to happen? I'm running out of steam here. And that's part of the challenge with the definitions that we've been given and the formula that society has given us. It's always something not quite yet in reach. 
I'm here to say, you know what, it's time for something new. It's time to feel it now, and we can, by stretching the canvas of our minds, by allowing ourselves to redefine the words so that they're ours, and for giving ourselves permission to not see the material version of the prosperous life, but the spiritual version. See, that's how I can say I'm living the most prosperous life I've ever lived, because I am seeing it through a spiritual perspective. And the beauty of the spiritual perspective is that it includes everything. Money is a beautiful thing. Money is the energy of God objectified in form. It's a wonderful thing. And my money is just starting to come in. And I'm excited about that. But not so much to save it and invest it and stick it under the mattress. I'm excited about circulating money in my life so that I can circulate it right back out and do good in the world and help other people and create scholarships and foundations to lift people up. I'm excited about that. But I also feel like I have a greater attitude of gratitude for that money now because I have laid a different foundation for myself. And I invite you to consider that foundation for yourself. I mean, we all know people who have a lot of money, and that is really it's a good thing. Money is good. Things are good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because that's not mine to say. However, whether you know people who have a lot of things and money or you're that person or you once were that person, we also know a lot of people that aren't happy. And you go, well, now how's that possible? I followed the formula. I have the money. I have the things. How come I don't feel prosperous? How come I don't feel abundant? What is missing? And so what I think is missing is that inner peace that we are awakening to today. This is what Eric Butterworth in the great book, Spiritual Economics, how many people have read the book, Spiritual Economics? That is a great book, big print as well. You can read it in just a <laughs> night or two. It's a fabulous book. It's the kind of book that puts a big spoon in the pot of your life and just stirs things up. Man, I remember when I read that book, I had to put it down a lot because it was challenging me at the time. And that's what we need. We need to be challenged. I don't want to be so... It's not spiritually lived. It's spiritual living. It's not spiritual practiced. It's spiritual practices. This is an active, involved philosophy. This is an active, involved, proactive way of life for a reason, for a reason. This is what Eric Butterworth says about prosperity. The very word prosperity indicates a state of mind. I mean, that's really the whole thing for everything, whether it's happiness or prosperity, whatever it is we're talking about. We're talking about a state of mind. And the great thing is, is that this philosophy gives us a template for that mind. It provides us with an attitude of gratitude. That song, that was the talk right there. And I'm going to uh, wrap up today in sh sharing with you a few action steps that you could go out there and actually try. Because when I used to sit in the seats, it used to really annoy me when speakers never told me what I could go do. I mean, it's important to be inspired. And what can I go do? Give me the how. Because I want to feel this for myself. I want to activate this energy in my own experience. It comes from the Latin prefix meaning for or according to, and a Latin verb meaning to hope, which translates to according to hope or to go forward hopefully. So the word indicates not a measure of worldly things, 
but a way of living and thinking with confident expectancy of good. When I read that, I was like, thank you. No one had ever postured it like that to me. I just felt it was so liberating. I thought, wow, this is absolutely fantastic. So wherever you are today when it comes to prosperity and abundance and the prosperous life, I invite you to stretch that canvas wide enough and take a look from a very full perspective because the world of effects, that is a very narrow viewpoint. It's a very narrow viewpoint. The spiritual perspective is much wider. It's much, much more holistic, and it gets to include everything. I was telling Rob and Lisa the other day, uh, no, it couldn't have been the other day because I just got here yesterday. It was yesterday. <laughs> uh, but I know I'm in Boise. So, uh, <laughs> and I was telling them uh, last night, I said, uh, my friends are my social security. They are my social security. I, wouldn't, I couldn't be doing this without my friends. My friends who hosted me in Portland, my friends who hosted me in Salem, my friends who hosted me on the coast of Oregon, my friends who are hosting me here. Yeah, sure, if I had uh, the financial uh, reserves, I would go from the airport to the hotel, from the airport from the hotel. And, but where's the warmth in that? This is so much richer. This is so much richer. And so my friends are my social security. My consciousness, my consciousness is my IRA. <laughs> my consciousness is my IRA. And here's the good news about that. Nobody can take that from me. See, when you live your life from the inside out, nobody can take that from you. That's yours. That's the great gift of the creator to its creation. Another problem with the outside formula is that it's hinged on things that can be taken away. And things are falling away because we're shifting. We're entering a new paradigm. This is part of what I'm speaking about today. You all are feeling the shifts because they're happening within us. And we're seeing it outside of ourselves. And we also see what happens, though. And it's been devastating for people. Because when you attach yourself to your job, and you attach yourself to your identity, and then you lose your job, and therefore you lose your identity, and you haven't done the inner work to know who you really are, wow, no wonder people go through horrible crisis. Depression, on the rise. Anxiety, on the rise. Prescription drugs, on the rise. And so we have this awesome opportunity to turn within and to really activate that prosperous living from the inside out. And then you get to go out and share it with other people who are really struggling. When I went through my dark night of the soul, which was a dark 19 months of the soul, I lost everything. It was smoldering runes. I saw no Camille at all. I had lost my partner, I lost my business partner, I lost my father, I lost my dog, and then I lost my job. Hello. And please don't give me any spiritual accolades at the time, because nobody wants to hear that when you're in that much pain and darkness. Please don't say it's all good. I might have to slap you. <laughs> it wasn't all good. It wasn't all good. It was so terrible. It was painful. Can I see now what was happening? Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily want to go through that again. But I did go through it. And thank God I had this philosophy. Thank God I had my practices. Because there were many times when I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. 
I'm done. I'm good. I've had success. I've had love. I'm good. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out. Got very, very close to that. But there was that nagging Ernest Holmes in my head. And that ridiculously never goes out spiritual pilot light that every once in a while I could just feel its flicker, you know? But I thought, my gosh, what must people do when they don't have a community like this? What must they do if they don't have prayer or someone who can pray with them for them? What must it be like if you lose everything and haven't developed an inner relationship to who you really are? That's why spiritual practices are so important now more than ever. Because the great skill of modern day is to get comfortable in the mystery of not knowing. Because you see, one of the things I realized from my experience is that there's no such thing as not knowing. There's no, there's no such thing as mystery. It's just that I hadn't received the information yet. But that's another thing we often feel detached from. I don't know what to do. Meditation is so important to get comfortable being in the nothingness. Isn't that what death is? There's a great uh, George Harrison documentary, Living in the Material World. If you haven't seen it, part two is powerful. Part one is fabulous because it's all about the Beatles, but part two is about George's spiritual life. Powerful, life-changing moment for me. I gave a talk about that movie because I was so moved by what he said. And basically what he said is that meditation is a preparation for death. And of course, you know, he also said that death is man-made. But the idea that meditation is a preparation for death, and I thought, oh my gosh, how can that be? And then I realized, oh, because meditation takes me to that empty place that's filled up. I digress. Spiritual practices are part of the prosperous life. Spiritual practices are part of the prosperous life. So I want to encourage you to consider some things for yourself today. Because see, and, and why the workshop is so powerful and empowering, because it's my intention to have you walk out today saying, I am living my prosperous life now. With everything that's going on, all the conditions as they are, I'm living my most prosperous life right now. How is that possible? Because when we look at the definition of flourishing, successful, and thriving, I want you to give yourself permission to look at your life closely and celebrate. Where are you thriving in your life? Maybe it's with your volunteerism. Maybe it's with your friendships. Maybe your relationship. Maybe your coworkers and your life at work. We are all thriving somewhere in our lives. Part of the prosperous life is to put those glasses on and to celebrate it and to acknowledge where I am thriving, where I am flourishing, where I am already successful. Give yourself permission to do that so you can start to feel prosperous right now. And yes, you might want to have goals as it relates to money or the acquisition of things. And that's great. And there's more. The other action step I want to encourage you to consider are the actual definitions. What does prosperity mean to you? If you have a partner or a friend or Reverend Jackie or somebody you want to sit with to do this, do this work. It's, it's very revealing. I found that I had absorbed most of my beliefs and values. They weren't mine. And being back in New Jersey for the last four months was very, very humbling. God bless our family, right? <laughs> God bless our mothers, our greatest teachers. But I, 
when I first went back, I was very resistant and angry. And then, of course, I realized what was going on for me with regards to those feelings. And then I just moved into a deep place of respect and compassion for where I came from and what I, I came through. But I'm not a victim of those beliefs anymore. I'm not a, Ernest says, we're not bound by our past. I bless it. I love it. I respect those that are still in it, but they're not mine. What's mine to do is have the courage to stand in my own values, my own beliefs, my own definition of the prosperous life and say, this is what's true for me. And thank you for caring so much about me, but I'm not bound by your limited beliefs about what my life should look like. This is my job. You know, like the attitude is, how dare you live such a prosperous life? You don't have a full-time job. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, yes, I do have a full-time job. It might not look like your full-time job, which is to get up and go to work from 8 to 5, but this is my full-time job. My spiritual life is my full-time job. And that's because I gave myself permission to redefine it. And then lastly, your action step is to celebrate where you have an over-sufficiency of good. See, because in that song today, that is key. We're going to get into that in the workshop today. The grateful heart. Gratitude, energetically, is so powerful. That's why one of the most important steps of prayer is the thank you. I think it was Meister Eckhart who said, if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that's enough. How could that be? The grateful heart. In Alaska, I learned how to give thanks for the smallest of things. And you might be saying to yourself, you know what, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a thankful person. I have a grateful heart, and that's fantastic. And I say, stretch the canvas even wider. Go for the littlest of things for 24 hours. Give thanks for everything and everyone, even the ones that, hmm. <laughs> Especially those. Because if there's only one thing happening, guess what, right? It's more like, mm. So in Alaska, you learn to give thanks for everything, because you're far away. I mean, you're close to Santa, but you're far away <laughs> from everything and everybody else. So, you know, it was like, well, how can I do this? Because it's really, really cold outside, and this feels very inhumane. The, the juice of my eyeballs are like freezing. Why am I living here? <laughs> So I would just begin to give thanks. So I would say something like, oh my gosh, it's minus 10 degrees outside, but I'm saying that from inside a warmed home. You know, Oh my gosh, it's so cold outside, but I'm completely clothed with a hat and glove and socks. Now I would go to the gas station, and it's cold. You, know? you, you can pump the gas yourself in, in Alaska, so you've got to get out and, and do that. And I would say, you know, thank you, God, for this half a tank of gas. The old way would have been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't fill out my tank, I'm so broke. Thank you God for the half a tank of gas in my car. The attitude of gratitude is awesome. I love it. It fires me up. It feels so good. It feels so good to give thanks for everything. Look at this community. I mean, oh my gosh, you don't have to go much farther than this, but you can. And the musicians, it's like, wow, what a gift. And your spiritual leader and her intention for all of you, what a great opportunity to give thanks. So like I say, we're going to touch on more of this today in the workshop, especially the universal laws. You see, because laws are not, you can't, you can't make a law work. You can't make the law of gravity work. You can't go on top of a building and say, I now command the law of gravity to work and step off. That's not how it works. <laughs> law of gravity just is the law of gravity. 
That's why I love the science of mind, because it, it honors and respects the spiritual and the science. And the science. And there are laws that govern the prosperous life. But it's not just the law of attraction. See, the problem with the whole law of attraction thing was that it focused too much on the material, right? Everybody was complaining about that. Yet I understood why it did, because that's the focus that we all have. And when I say we all have, I just mean the collective group. Okay, so they were kind of showing up the way we want them to show up. How do I get money, and how do I get things, and how do I get this, and how do I get that? But in the spiritual definition of prosperity, you go from getting to giving. The law of circulation turns that whole thing on its head, and you're like, what? Because we're told, go get a good job, go get friends, go get money, go get this, and off we go to get. Hence the exhaustion. But when you understand who you really are, and when you understand what you're really connected to, this unlimited, unbounded source that never runs out, and that you accumulate this and distribute this, once you really wrap your head around that, and once you open your heart, it is a game changer. It's a game changer. And then you set out to give from the overflow versus get. And it's a big deal when you walk out the door ready to give then you're ready to get. See, the problem of walking out the door and ready, you know, wanting somebody to give to you, I'm going out to get this today, even though it might not be a conscious thing, the problem is, is that most people aren't doing their spiritual practices. So we're already set up for a problem because we're looking to get from somebody who's not centered to give and is also looking to get. So we're all there looking for get. But what about the person who goes out and is ready to give? Be that person. Give a smile. I don't have any money. Okay, that's fine. Give a smile. See the name tag on the clerk at the store? Tell, say their name. There's all sorts of ways to do this. There's all sorts of ways to do this. All right, in closing, I want to talk about and leave you with a quote from Ernest Holmes. The law of circulation, which we're going to get into today. And I was just listening to this, this guy, Matt Kahn. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. And I like Matt Kahn because he challenges me. And I think that's really important. I don't want to be stagnant in my thinking. Some of the things he says, like they bug me, and that's a good thing, because I'm like, oh, what is it about that that doesn't work for me? And then, of course, I go, oh my gosh, that totally works for me. <laughs> How does that happen? And he talks about circulation from this perspective that everything is energy. It really kind of opened my head even more, which I love. He said, everything is energy, and inherent in energy is circulation. The very nature of energy is to continuously circulate. And of course, we see that with Mother Nature. I mean, she's the great teacher, right? You look at the seasons. What's happening there? Energy is circulating. So another way to think about the prosperous life is to put the whole money thing aside and look at it from an energetic point of view. Where maybe in your life are you stagnant? And whatever is coming up, you know, that's probably where you're stagnant. And how can you circulate energy? How can you circulate energy? Because you know what? That, is, that primes the pump for the prosperous life. Like he says, you can mentally circulate energy by looking at things differently. That's what we're doing today. Hopefully, that's stimulating your mind a little bit. Like, hmm, what is she talking about? Or maybe I'm even bugging you today, which is a good thing. Because that means something is being stirred inside you. We can emotionally circulate energy by looking at things emotionally from a different perspective. I had that opportunity back east. I was like, wow, I've been looking at this family stuff the same way for a really long time, and it's stagnant. I could feel it. It's like, just like dead weight. It's like, oh, nothing is moving. 
and I'm waiting for this person to make the move and this person to forgive, and I was like, okay, what do I know? It's mine to do. Circulate that energy. Circulate that energy. So mental circulation of energy, emotional circulation of energy, and physical cir circulation of energy, right? Get up. Go for a walk. You spend a lot of time at the computer, get up. Bend over, walk around. Just think about the idea of circulating energy and just keep moving forward. That's a big thing in this talk I was listening to. It's fantastic. He was talking about how if you go to visit a family, you, you go to family reunion or something like that, and you really don't want to go. He says, just keep moving. <laughs> just keep moving in the room. You see the food, go to the food, get the food. Get your plate, then move over there. And he goes, then you move over here. He goes, the next thing you know, you'll be moving right back out the door. <laughs> This is what Ernest says about the law of circulation. Freely ye have received, freely give. Right? How can we align ourselves with what already is? We give. You can't imagine a more greater gift than the breath. Something's breathing us this whole time, giving unconditionally. It's not saying, well, I'm not going to give you the next breath unless you inhale, exhale. It's saying, no, I breathe you, the breath. When the law of circulation is slowed, stagnation sets in. It is only as we allow the divine current to flow through us and on and out that we really express life. The law of giving and receiving is definite. Emerson tells us to beware of holding too much in our good, too much good in our hands. You know, I love that when Jesus said, um, you know, the guy spoke in bullet points. Now, Jesus really used very few words, and yet so many times we're like, what was he trying to say? Okay, well, here's one of the things he said. With all thy getting, get the understanding. He didn't say with all thy getting, go get a 52-inch TV. You know, he didn't say with all thy getting, go get stuff and and all of that. He said, with all thy getting, get the understanding. And that's what we're going to touch on today in the workshop. We're going to set about understanding the prosperous life, because when you understand it, then you can begin to live it. And when you can begin to live it, then you can actually say from a very real and authentic place, yes, I am living my most prosperous life. And I invite you all to join me in that place. Namaste.